Hello everyone, welcome to Celtic Preacher. It is podcast 208. You know, when life is good and easy and when life, I don't know, when everything seems to be going well and we have a sense of well-being, getting enough rest is probably not something we think much about. It's really when you get weary and when you're tired, that's when you start to think about rest and how easily it can elude you. Have you noticed that? I mean, there's a kind of tiredness that doesn't go away even after you've slept all night. There are certain things, there are certain things that happen that brings on a tiredness, like a soul weariness, and it just doesn't respond to your usual things that you do to rest and relax, like your favorite Netflix series or something, or an extra vacation day, or a mini break, and it's, it's not working for you. You notice that? Because I think it's partly because life uh, can become complex and fatigue can hang on. And many, many things can bring about this prolonged sort of stressful problem of just not getting enough rest. I mean, obvious things like sickness, if you're not well, or if if somebody you love isn't well, that's going to cause a deep, long-seated fatigue. Another thing that can cause grief, uh, is grief, yeah, is, is, is this feeling of being never refreshed. I'm not quite refreshed. Grief can do that for you. Any kind of unwelcome change, things that you don't want to happen and they've happened, or you're in a job you don't like, or you can't even find a job, and you're looking and you're spending a lot of time and energy thinking about getting this job that you really want and you can't quite get it, that can lead to just being tired. Just being any kind of being feeling blocked in some way. Or if you're in a position where you're giving to those around you and you always seem to be giving, like, how come you're the one who's always giving and everyone else is receiving. And you might even feel like, well, not a lot of people are giving to me. What's with that? Yeah, this always giving out. That takes its toll. That takes its toll. And of course, you know, Jesus, our model for life, uh, was giving all the time. But here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus recognized when he was depleted and he did something about it, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Learning how to restore ourselves. It's not that easy, quite frankly. Not that easy. It's not like take a walk, have a bubble bath or whatever you do, you know. It's, uh, yeah, we don't always recognize we're tired in the first place. Sometimes we don't even recognize it. We might feel out of sorts. We might have difficulty making a decision or we might be in a mental fog for some reason, we think. Or, you know, you might find yourself shutting down 
You don't even know why, you just are. Or you're distracted. Yeah, we don't always know. Really what's going on is, is that at some level we're exhausted or we're tired. And, you know, God might seem distant or far away or unavailable, you know. All these are signs that we're tired. Now, Jesus, as you know, was giving all the time. In fact, this passage I'm looking at in Mark 1, he's spending hours and hours and hours seeing people, healing people, uh, talking to people, people who are in oppressive, horrible situations. He's with them, he's helping them, he's healing them, he's freeing them. And that's all he did, 24 hours a day, you know. It was, well, actually, that's the thing. He wasn't actually doing it 24 hours a day, but it tells us in this passage that he'd been healing people all day. So it was a long, long day. And you can imagine, if you had a reputation as a a healer or a miracle worker, you can imagine how people would flock to see you. And so, you know, Mark might be exaggerating when he tells this story, but he does say the whole city was at his door. That's what Mark tells us in Mark 1. When Jesus was in the town and he was staying at uh, Peter's mother-in-law's house, the whole city was at his door. Everybody needs some. Everybody wants help. Somebody's sick. Somebody's overwhelmed with life. Somebody can't cope. And it began early in the morning. And it was like this the entire day, one after another. Well, here's what happens that's interesting. So the text tells us that early the next morning, while it's still dark, okay, this is after the day of healing and being with people who are overwhelmed and oppressed. Early the next morning, while it's still dark, everybody's sleeping, disciples are sleeping, everybody's sound asleep, Jesus leaves. He tells no one. He gets up. And he goes and he finds a deserted place and he prays. Now, for Jesus, it's not just the getting away. It's not just the solitude. I know that solitude is important. But there is a difference between uh, just going off on your own somewhere and going off on your own somewhere with the intention to connect with God. There's a difference there. Now, just solitude by itself is a good thing. There's, that's needful and it's good. But what Jesus models is a little bit different than that. It's not just a break away. He wants to be alone. He has to be alone, actually. There's too many interruptions where he is. So whatever he needs, and in this case, it's a, a connection with God, whatever he needs He can't do it when there's other people around because the people around him, well-meaning as they are, his disciples, his students, well-meaning as they are, they're not going to be able to give him what he needs 
because he's tired and he needs restoration and he needs a sense of direction. The only way he can get this is by spending time alone because he wants to get into this receptive state and it's what we call traditionally prayer. And uh, it's not always easy to, to get into this receptive state because we have so many voices around us and it might not even be people, it might just be the radio or the newspaper or the TV or whatever, you know. It's, there's always information coming in at some level. And so the first thing he does when it's still dark, so I don't know what, how early that is, but it's really quite early, right? He disappears and he doesn't tell anyone where he's gone. And I love this passage because it kind of gives us insight into the way Jesus lived. And it's so unlike the way many of us live because Jesus had no shame about being tired and needy. He's no shame about having needs. Why? Because people have needs. Humans have needs. People get tired. There's a time to give and there's a time to receive. So Jesus isn't this giving machine that just keeps on always being there for other people. Actually, today would say has very good boundaries. He knows, he knows exactly when to stop. Which is not always easy, knowing when to stop, right? Um, yeah, receiving isn't easy, especially for people who give a lot. I'm not sure why this is, but, you know, if you're wired to give... And, you know, if that's just who you are, ever since you're a child, you've been sensitive to the needs of others, you see what other people need, you naturally want to reach out, you naturally, nobody has to tell you to look after people, you just do it. You know, if that's the way you're wired, chances are it's difficult for you to be in the position where you receive. Actually, chances are you probably don't ask for help that much at all. And that's the way it is. You know, the givers in life meet everyone else's needs, but they can forget their own. In fact, givers are very good at figuring out what other people need. They're discerning that way. They're very sensitive that way, but not necessarily good at figuring out what they need and that's part of the spiritual growth for givers. And I think Jesus is a great model for us all, but especially for those of us who get exhausted because we're always giving. He's a great model for this because he has a balance and a strength about him. And uh, so he disappears. Now, in the scripture, it's called, it's kind of like a, uh, it's like Sabbath in, in the sense that it's the rhythm of, of Sabbath, meaning uh, Sabbath was really about being able to stop. In its truest, purest form, Sabbath rest was about knowing when to keep going and doing and then knowing when to cut off and stop. Many of us have a lot of trouble knowing when to cut off and stop. 
And Jesus was very good at this, being able to just cut off and stop. He knew how to give, and he also knew when to stop giving. So one of the big insights into the way that Jesus lived and, you know, his healing ministry, his outreach ministry every single day, he's teaching people, right? He's praying with people. He's counseling people, we would call today. He's uh, helping people that are overwhelmed by life. He did that, that's for sure, but uh, not necessarily all the time. And uh, the reason that I say that is, is because you'll notice in this passage, this is in Mark 1, this is an interesting one. When it's time, when he feels it's time to leave and stop, he just leaves that Simon's house, his mom's house, and he goes on to another village. Now, there's plenty, plenty people there that still need him. There's plenty, plenty people there that are still queuing up. But when he feels like it's time that he should move on, when he has that time away, that solitude, that prayer time, and he senses that, yeah, I'm going to move on to the next place. He's not really motivated to stay simply because people need him. This is the thing about Jesus. Jesus is not primarily motivated solely by the needs of people. And the reason I say that is, is that if he was primarily motivated just because people need things from him, he could have stayed at Simon's mom's house for the rest of his born days and people would have just crowded in day after day, month after month, year after year. That's not his primary motivation. Yes, does he see people's needs? Yes. Does he have compassion upon people? Yeah. But that's not leading him. He's led by a different, well, he's led by God, of course, his heavenly father, uh, not people's needs. Now, there is a difference. If you are living your life uh, motivated solely by meeting people's needs, you will be, by now, totally exhausted. So it's really worthwhile listening to how Jesus, paying attention to how he actually lives. Because that's not his, he's not motivated by the neediness of other people. That is a, a sure way to get absolutely exhausted. Now, if his disciples, if his students had been more insightful, they would have said, you know, you can't keep working at this pace. You can't keep giving at this level. You know, you need to get some down. He wouldn't have had to just disappear in the early hours of the morning if his students had been more insightful. But they're not. They're not. And that is often the case with people around us. They are not that insightful when it comes to what we need. Now, did these disciples, did these students of Jesus love him? Absolutely. Absolutely. But they're simply not 
aware enough. They're not emotionally nor spiritually mature enough to see what is best for him, which is the reason why he has to get up early in the morning, four o'clock, five o'clock, whenever, disappear and not even tell a soul. And that's going to be the same for many of us. Most of us will be around people that really don't know what we need. And most people will let you give and give, and this includes children and grown children. This includes grown-up children. Sometimes, I'll tell you, when I watch people, sometimes grown-up children are the absolute worst. Um, grown-up children with children, they can be the worst. Most people will let you give and give and give and give till there is nothing left. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, just, it's so easy to get uh, burnt out. So easy. You know, you're in a job that demands a lot from you. You're the one who is bringing in the salary, that's looking after the family, the children. That's a lot of pressure. If you're the only one working and you're the only one bringing in the money, that's not easy. It's not easy because you know you've got that whole day at work and then you've got a lot of needy people when you come home. Yeah, not easy. So, you know, this whole idea of being exhausted, uh, getting burnt out, mm -hmm. I think we have to, I think we have to just be aware that this, this is a common thing and it can happen. So the story is, is that Jesus left early in the morning when the disciples are sound asleep, they eventually catch up with them, the disciples, the students. They eventually catch up with them the next day and they're not happy. They're not happy at all. And the first thing they say is, sort of accusatory in a way, it's like, everybody's searching for you. Little guilt tactic. Every, what, what are you doing? How can you do this? I mean, where are you? They're back at Simon's mom's house. They're queuing up. What's going on? The need card, basically, they're saying. And the need card does not work with Jesus. Now, it usually does for most people because it kind of ties in with guilt. And uh, it doesn't work with Jesus. Guilt doesn't work with Jesus. The need card doesn't work with Jesus. Being motivated by the endless needs of people, doesn't work for Jesus. Um, any kind of uh, family or parental guilt doesn't work with Jesus. Uh, it does for many of us, right? Not for him. Yeah, he's not, he doesn't give to be loved. He already knows he's loved. He doesn't give because that's his identity. Well, I'm a mom, that's why I do what it, no, it's not his identity. His, his identity is a child of God. It's a completely different way of living and being in the world that he is showing us and teaching us that we learn in tiny little increments here and there. 
So anyway, the disciples say to him, you know, where have you been? Everybody is looking for you. And this is how he answers. This is what he says. He says, okay, we're leaving. We're leaving. We're leaving this area. I have to go to a nearby village. That's how he answers them. It's like, oh, what do you mean? What? There's a whole lot of people back at Simon's mom's house. I mean, you are booked solid for the whole day. There's people there, really needy people. They're, they're, they're on their last hope. It's like, they're not going to understand. You're really, really going to let them down. It's like, we're leaving. We're, we're going to another nearby village. Isn't that interesting? That when, he's, when he, Jesus, when he disappears to that quiet place, Early in the morning, he gets alone, no distractions. Something drops in, like this clarity comes, like he gets this sense of direction. He's praying, so he's in this receptive state. And he's seeking. He's looking for a sense of direction. And when he's in that receptive state, it's like perspective comes and then this guidance comes and the guidance says, yeah, you need to move on now. You, you don't need to stay here anymore. You need to, you need to move on. It's time to, time to go. It's time to change direction. Now again, if he had been directed by people's expectation or needs and desires, he would never, ever have left. Now, I'm suggesting that a big part of growing up emotionally and spiritually is the ability to stand your ground and make your own decisions before God and be true to yourself and not be pushed around by other people, however well-meaning the other people might be. It's like, what do you want? What do you want? Never, we, we, you, you've already figured out, many of you have figured out what other people want, okay? This isn't about other people, it's about what do you need? What do you need? Because if, you're, if, if we're really getting weary and tired then there's a good chance that our needs have not been addressed enough. It's like, what do you need? What do you need to receive? What do you need to receive? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that we can, we can forget about what we need in the midst of things, sort of gloss over it. You know, because some, some people, you know, we, we try and accomplish too much and we help too much and we invest in activities and projects and, and then we wonder why we're getting stressed, you know? We wonder, how, how, how come nobody looks out for me? Yeah, that's always a bit of a red flag, isn't it? When you feel that way, and it's like, well, what about me? Nobody cares. What, nobody cares what I want. I'm always 
doing for everybody else? How come nobody's doing for me? Well, here's a great lesson from Jesus because it's certainly not Jesus' way to fix every problem. And it wasn't Jesus' way to presume to meet every need or be driven by the agendas of even his closest people, his disciples, his friends, his family. It's not really, it's not about being selfish, it's about living freely. It's about living freely. It's about walking and living in freedom without the weight of expectations. That's what Jesus models here. It's like when, when you know, it's, it's about how to prioritize life. And, you know, we always say, you know, and certainly in church circles, if you're in a church, if you're in any kind of church circle, it's always like, you know, God first. The most important thing is, you know, love God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's one of the common, common teachings in church circles. Learn how to love God, learn how to love your neighbor, learn how to love yourself. And we put a lot of emphasis on loving God and loving the neighbor. But for some reason or another, not a lot of time is given to loving ourself, which is too bad because unless we have that in place, we're not going to do the loving God or the loving the neighbor very much, are we? You know, so it's kind of a... (laughs) You need all three parts. I think we need all three parts. How do you love God? By loving your neighbor and loving yourself. That's what it looks like to love God. And if we're exhausted and depleted and worn out and tired, oh, maybe I haven't really been giving myself what I need maybe I haven't been paying attention to myself enough maybe I haven't been giving myself enough time maybe I haven't been kind to myself Jesus knew when to just stop and pull back and interestingly enough change direction he stopped He pulled back. He's like, just give me some peace and quiet so I can assess this. Let me me just get to a place where I can uh, just receive here. Let me just, no, I don't need anybody around me. I need to just be quiet now. Let me just have a think about this. What what is the best thing? Yeah, you know what? Something is coming to me. And what's coming to me is... I need to move on. I need to do life differently. And he goes on to the next village. I think that's a a, a great pattern to just uh, remember for ourselves. Do we need to stop? Do we need to pull back? And is a change of direction called for? There's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, help me to just take some time out and be still so that something can drop in give me a sense 
of your leading and your direction and help me to follow through. Yes, you know that great promise, my burden is light, Jesus said. My burden is light. You know, when you're following me, when you're, when you're going my way, there's a lightness to it. So if it gets too heavy, that might not be what we're called to do. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.